0: Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It has been more than five decades since someone not named John Conyers served in the congressional seat that is now Michigan's 13th district. After Tuesday's primary election, however, we are now fairly certain who will serve out the next full term in that seat. And that same person would also be the first Muslim woman to ever serve in the U.S. Congress. Rashida Tlaib is a former state lawmaker who has gained national attention during this campaign, not only because of her ethnic background, but also for her energetic brand of really progressive politics. She came out on top of a very crowded field of well-known and qualified candidates in that district's Democratic primary. And because there are no Republicans qualified for the GOP's primary, there's really nothing standing in Tlaib's way in November as things stand right now. I want to welcome... Congresswoman to be, I should say, maybe. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's Machine so surreal. Leave. I know, <laughs> I know. No,
1: being in the studio, you know, as an advocate as a lawyer, but now, I mean, it's it's uh, it's pretty. It's uh, very incredible. different. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I want to say, like, uh, you walked in here on a cloud. It seemed <laughs> <laughs> today it was a little different than you normally come uh, and see us, and and I I also have to say how much I have enjoyed watching the footage of you reacting to the win and how emotional you were and the fact that your mother was standing oh, yeah. don't next me. to you when oh, that happened. Yeah. I mean, this really was, uh, I mean, I'm a journalist and I don't know how many elections I have had to pay attention to or cover or how many candidates I've seen win. But but I was emotional watching uh, watching the footage of you uh, as as the news came in. That you were winning, so it, I think it's a really important and, and special moment. Uh, but but let's start with this idea. Let's talk about the idea of replacing someone as iconic as John Conyers in Congress. I mean, the, the weight of that uh, is, I think, particularly particularly poignant, and it's mm-hmm. got to be sitting with you even heavier today than it was when you decided, "Hey, I'm going to take a shot at this."
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, he's a giant. Uh, One of the things that I truly loved is his courage, and I've never had to check him on his votes. I mean, he voted against the Iraq War, even when it was unpopular to uh, Stephen. And he voted against the Patriot Act, one of very few Democrats uh, that uh, opposed, uh, you know, anti-civil rights. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of act. And what I love is that he kind of said it up for me. I mean, this is a district that is going to embrace the fact that I'll do the same, (laughs) Um, that I'm not going to change my stance against corporate tax breaks, a stance against, uh, I feel like, are issues that, you know, you can't waver on, especially in the 13th Congressional District, which, you know, encompasses Holland Park, Inkster, Redford Township, you know, smaller even communities like Ecorse and Mm -hmm. Rouge. Uh, People always think it's just Detroit. It's so much more larger and still very challenging issues. And, Talking to the families across the district, they want somebody that uh, won't waver and won't ne- won't back down until they have access to thrive, just like anyone else.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about this campaign uh, and the number of people who were in the race. I mean, this was a very crowded field. Uh, most of the candidates in the race had very good qualifications. I mean, they've, they're politicians who've had a lot of experiences uh, here in in Southeast Michigan. What I what I noticed about you and this is something I know about you from from other campaigns uh, is the amount of door knocking that you did uh, and door knocking in a number of different places. Right. Uh, is that in your mind what made the difference? And that's and sort of a cliche, right, that that uh, that the best way to campaign is to see people face to face. But it's a cliche maybe because it's true.
1: Stephen, door-knocking, I mean, I call it direct human contact. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the things, well, because some people, you know, they drop lit. They go through the community. They do things, uh, I think, in some ways, there, there's it's not um, uh, authentic, right? And... You know, our campaign, uh, you know, even sitting here next to one of my field organizers, uh, (laughs) Carla Underwood, uh, he just came out of high school. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's like when you're on somebody's porch, that direct human contact, that face-to-face eye-to-eye conversation uh, is life-changing for for them and and for myself uh, as, as I go through this journey. We have to understand that it's what happens before that contact and after that contact. We had somebody in our office, literally their full-time job was doing constituent services because I wanted them to have a flavor of exactly what I'm talking about when I say getting you through everyday issues will go hand-in-hand with the legislative work. I don't want to have just press conferences about Medicare for All. I want to actually make sure that they're getting resources now to get health care coverage. They shouldn't have to wait. My family should not have to wait until I pass a bill uh, to help them and uh, they, they deserve so much more than that. And that's the difference, I think, between a lot of my opponents was approach, approach to public service. Uh, yeah. It wasn't just uh, you know going out to door knocking and, and believing in $15 uh, minimum wage and all the issues, universal health care. But it was also saying, you're gonna go beyond that. Yeah. You're gonna go and provide the direct services. You're gonna do the advocacy work here. And I, one of the things about Congressman Conyers, he was plaintiff on a number of lawsuits I've done that as a state representative, as an attorney, know that I'm always thinking about how I can fight for my families and the people that I'm going to represent in the courts as well. So I'll fight for them on the floors of Congress, but also come home and do the community organizing and advocacy work as well as fight for them in the courts.
0: Yeah, Uh, this idea of doing... Constituent work before the election, and <laughs> I'm not sure I've heard of that before. Where did you come up with that idea? I, you know,
1: look, I'm a social worker at heart. Being the eldest of 14, that's all I did <laughs> was social. <laughs> right. You know, getting the, yeah, you, you even to this day uh, in my 40s, uh, my my family members, I'm I'm like the the call they make uh, no matter the issue, and you know, I think that is why uh, people saw that I was real and that. I really want to change lives. Uh, I ran for office because I believe that we're so much better. I'm so optimistic uh, even more today than ever that our country can be better, that we can be uh, Democrats that don't waver um, uh, against big banks, that we won't waver against big corporate bullies, especially polluters. These are things that I believe is It's changing. You know, people talk about the blue wave. I say, forget that. Let's own the ocean. Uh, We we don't need to, you know, waves come and go, Stephen. We need to really change the landscape of how we're represented in Congress. Over half of them are millionaires. I don't think they're struggling as much as many of us here in the 13th Congressional District are.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Rashida Tlaib, former state rep who is on track to go to Congress to fill John Conyers' long-held seat in the 13th District here in Southeast Michigan. If you want to join the conversation you have a question for Rashida or just want to talk about politics and uh, progressive politics in particular, which we're going to turn to in a second, Uh, talk in more detail about the things that Rashida believes and talk to voters about before Election Day. Uh, Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, so, Rashida, I want to I want to talk a little bit about your candidacy and uh, Abdul El Sayed's mm-hmm. candidacy, uh, which I I think uh, the you both were talking about a lot of the same things in a lot of the same ways. He came up short uh, against Gretchen Whitmer for uh, the gubernatorial nomination, but you won in a really crowded field. Uh, of people who were not saying all of those same things. You know, I, I'm somebody who thinks uh, that progressive politics are at once more popular than uh, than they have been in a long time and also have a harder time uh, sinking in with some voters than they do. Can, can you talk just a little about what you think the difference was between your race and uh, Abdul's? Obviously,
1: the the universe of people I had to contact was much smaller, right? But I also didn't rely just heavily on, um, you know, again, going back to that direct human contact. Mm -hmm. uh, All the other things, the campaigns that are involved from digital media, from billboards, from ads, from all of those things, those are important. And of course, they helped me as well. But if it's not centered around the door knocking, around actually going to every part of uh, the community. And I know Dr. Saeed being on the top of that ticket helped me.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I Mm -hmm. won
1: by less than a thousand votes. And I don't think that would have been possible but for the fact that he has been running and engaging young people that think like me, that look like me uh, for over a year. And him being on top of the ticket brought uh, forward a ton of people that generally did not vote in the primary election, in the midterm elections, and it absolutely did help me. My universe was smaller. I was able to knock over 50,000 doors. Uh, That is not uh, always possible for somebody running statewide. 50,000
0: doors. Jeez. That is an that's an unbelievable number.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got help, of course. Right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we really uh, wanted, and we went to all twelve cities, yeah, not in, in township.
0: So, so I'm also curious uh, about in out county Wayne. Uh, this is a district that straddles the city and uh, part of the suburbs here. What was the reception to this? Really progressive message. I mean, these are parts of the county that are thought of as more conservative. Uh, there are there are Republicans who live uh, in in those areas as well. I've but even them. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but even the Democrats who live in those areas are are thought of as not being as far to the left, maybe as your politics are. And yet, uh, uh, you did you did better in those areas than. Bill Wilde, who is from uh, Westland. But I'm curious about what you heard from from voters in that area when you knock on the door and say, hey, look, I believe in Medicare for all or Mm -hmm. I believe in a $15 minimum wage. Did they they push back? Absolutely not. They didn't.
1: Look, I. One of the things that brings all of us in the 13th Congressional District together has been the high rates of car insurance, uh, the redlining. I spoke to a man uh, who lives in Redford Township, and I don't know if he was just doing his bills or anything. I mean, I'm knocking on his door. It's not like I'm making an appointment. He comes to the door, and he looks at me. He stops me from just doing my spiel and says— I can't even budget for it. I said, sir, what are you talking about? He said, I can't even budget for car insurance anymore because I don't know how they calculate it. I don't know what's going to come up next. He doesn't have to live that way. Wow. Uh, and I went to uh, another community where, you know, looking around the block and I said, wow, you know, this is a very interesting challenge." And they're like, Rashida, I used to have neighbors that own their own homes. Less than half of my families uh, own their own homes. So I have more renters. Not bad thing, but in neighborhoods, it does shift the dynamic, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it creates instability not only for the family but for the neighborhoods, and it changes uh, a lot uh, in regards to quality of life for, for for many of my families. And again, it's because more banks are not lending to yeah. middle class families, and the use of credit score and the way credit scores are calculated is something that I'm deeply uh, uh, struggle, you know, deeply concerned about. Uh, you know, I'm a civil rights advocate. I've worked on social justice issues throughout the city. And I was pleasantly surprised and uh, fully understood now that we really are not divided; we're just disconnected, and uh, so That's much. That's an
0: interesting way to put that: that we're not divided; we're disconnected. Pastor
1: Stephen Bland huh. in my district. I'm sitting in his church on Sunday, and I sat there, and he said it, and I said. That it that it just and it has resonated with me ever since he has said it they the, it's funny the members of the Congress said they actually have a book about all of his sayings he's an incredibly huh. passionate very spirited uh, pastor in my district and when he said that uh it just it did it resonated I mean that disconnection is so true we really aren't divided we're yeah. just not talking to each other
0: Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Rashida Talib, and we will get to your phone calls. A lot of people waiting in line to talk with uh, the woman who just won the Democratic primary in the 13th congressional district. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Rashida Tlaib, former state rep, who is on track to go to Congress to fill John Conyers' long-held seat in the 13th District here in southeast michigan if you want to talk with rashida about her win about her plans when she gets to washington give us a call 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones that's 313-577-1019 you can also go to the wdet facebook page put comments there or you can go to twitter and hashtag detroit today and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Rashida, let's talk a little about history, uh, the history that you made by winning the Democratic primary on on Tuesday. You would be the first Muslim woman uh, elected to Congress. So uh, let's put this in a little perspective first. Uh, there is one other Muslim who was elected to Congress, uh, and he's a familiar face uh, to us here in Detroit. Keith Allison grew up here in Detroit. One of my mentors. uh, Went to the same high school that I did, in fact, uh, and uh, went off to live and work in Minneapolis and became uh, their congressperson. Uh, Justin Amash, who is uh, rep from the west side of the state, is also of Palestinian heritage, uh, although he's a Christian. Uh, But you would be the first Muslim woman and a Palestinian uh, in in Congress. Let, let's just start with you talking about the weight of that history. <laughs>
1: I was just talking about it uh, when we <laughs> went to commercial. I could tell you, I hope and pray, uh, more because I love Ilhan Omar, who's an, uh, a, a state representative assembly uh, woman in uh, Minnesota now who's running to replace, to replace uh, Keith. Yeah, Congressman yeah. Keith Ellison. Uh, and she's looking really great, uh, very positive. Uh, a number of us are gonna go out there and help her uh, win and do some get out the vote because her election's this coming Tuesday. I hope it's multiple women, not just me. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to walk side by side with women uh, that I feel like could be my my soul sisters and, <laughs> and fighting back <laughs> against the injustice. But uh, it is, it's a tremendous await. I mean, I think talking to my mom and even family members, even, you know, in the Middle East right now, in Palestine, in the West Bank, uh, they are super excited and you know, th- th- there's also now talk about, like, my next daughter will be named Rashida. <laughs> but we talked about this. I mean, I think there is also uh, hope that I'm able to bring a voice to people that have been really voiceless um, and dehumanized in many ways. And, you know, I grew up listening to the stories of my grandfather who was shot because he didn't leave his home or uh, even being there as a young girl watching you know, even Israeli citizens being forced to doing military military operations in communities they didn't want to be in. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the dehumanization that happens. I think when there's that kind of conflict, uh, is what drives us away from peace. And uh, I'm I hope to work with Congressman Andy Levin, soon to be Congressman Andy Levin, sure. and others in our uh, delegation to really try to bring a voice and try to bring reason to that. I I am always going to come from the lens of growing up in Detroit, where every corner is a reminder of the civil rights movement, Yeah, and no one should be considered unequal solely based on their faith or their ethnicity. Everyone deserves an opportunity to thrive and provide for their families, and I, again, hope to provide that voice. But as a Muslim American, as a Muslima, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, because when I met this woman, told me, please win, Rashida, because, you know, it was after the Muslim band. And she's like, please win, because if you win, that means we belong. And I said, wow. but we already belong. We belong now. What are you talking? You know, and I did the whole spiel and she looked at me. She goes, no, she, she looked at me just like my mother would look at me. And she says, no, you have to win because it's a powerful message to our daughters not to hide uh, their faith or their children's uh, saying that they're proud to be Arab American or they're wow. proud to be of Muslim faith and uh I, I hope and, and pray that these young people, as they watch me get sworn in wearing the Palestinian thaw, my mother is preparing <laughs> uh, wow. to dress and, wow. uh, and, and swear on the Holy Quran, I think I hope I uplift them all with me and I hope I show all of American people just how beautiful our country really is.
0: Yeah. Uh, how much do you expect to be able, uh, as a congressperson, to deal with? Uh, the Middle East and and uh, Palestine and Israel in 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 particular uh, is that is that a, a committee interest of of, of yours uh, getting on foreign relations or uh, or some of the other committees that deal with that or are you more focused on the things that uh, that would help you make a difference for people here in Detroit?
1: I think it's a both. I mean, look. I am 100% so committed to my families in the 13th. I'm going to spoil them, rotten. You have no idea. I'm going to create neighborhood service centers. I was telling uh, Middle East Outlet, because they asked me the same question, Mm -hmm. and I said, you know... You, many people outside of the United States don't understand that I, ha- I have families struggling to pay water bills. Some of them are living without electricity. I mean, Stephen, we talked about this. People don't understand the reality uh, that we live in, and I want to bring yes. them a voice. But I also want to let people outside of the United States understand that's that's a struggle, real struggle here. So when they're not paying attention to what's happening in Syria or in Lebanon, I can tell them, you don't understand. American people, they're not intentionally ignorant about it they're dealing with the same struggles as you are uh-huh. uh you know making sure they have a home for their kids making sure they have a quality education for their kids so i want to be able to connect we talked about this right we're not divided we're just disconnected and i'm hoping to to connect uh, all of those issues together. Mm -hmm. When there is an opportunity to bring a voice to the issue around the Middle East, I mean, many of the congressional delegation, you know this, they kind of shy away from it because they don't fully understand it. But I think my personal uh, experience, uh, my connection, my strong connection, my grandmother still lives there. I think that uh, will be critical to elevating their voices and to uh, start moving towards a direction that really does stick to making sure everyone is considered human beings uh, that deserve all the human rights that is possible
0: out there. Yeah. Uh, Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. has got a lot of folks uh, queued up here to talk with the probable Congresswoman-elect. I think maybe that's the right way to describe it, right? Uh, Let's go to Frank in Detroit. Frank, welcome to Detroit today.
2: Steve, great guest, Mr. Lee. I thank you for your success. I think the right person has made the right move for the right position.
1: Thank you so much. That means so much to me.
2: <laughs> I sent you a tweet earlier this morning. I'm ready to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, me too. Um, I would say number two. Two quick questions. Uh-huh. Number one, what's your first? Uh, what's first on your agenda? And. What do you plan to do about housing? I understand that redlining is a very key issue, but I believe that housing is right there with it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Frank, so, thanks for the call. Frank, yeah,
1: you should go to, I mean, you go to my website, RashidaForCongress.com, and I've talked about this. This is one of the main proposals I ran on, which is Justice for All Civil Rights Act. 1964, 55 years ago, we passed the Civil Rights Act that said if the impact of the policy or the it, private or public uh, uh, discriminated against exactly. uh, certain people of color or, or certain classes, of people, then you're in violation of their civil rights. The courts changed it because corporations, as you know, uh, they can hire all these law firms and, and folks and go into the court system and, and the courts changed it. They said, nope, you have to show intent, intentional discrimination. Well, that changed everything because I'll tell you, if we had the Civil Rights Act 64 as it, it was intended legislatively uh, in place as we speak right now, Redlining would be a Civil Rights Act violation. Uh, The issue regarding access to housing would be a civil rights violation. You should know... The use of credit score, what I've seen with inequity in education. I mean, it probably, the Civil Rights Act, uh, the Justice for All Civil Rights Act would probably put a lot of my districts in violation yeah. uh, uh, in, in, because of unequal funding. But it's needed because if we don't go against the s- structures that are in place, these band aids, they're never going to work. We have to push back and say that the, the if that procedure, that process, how you fund these programs are uh, in, in a very uh, direct way in my eyes, discriminate against communities of color. Mm-hmm. Then yes, it's it, we got to push back, and, and again, it's in a violation. I, as an attorney, have seen it over and over again where I can't show intent and I can't get there into uh, and, and courts because uh, the, the the lack of um, you know basic interpretation of the Civil Rights Act.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, that that is a, a huge issue right now. Yes. I feel uh, that the laws that are in place are interpreted by the courts to basically have no teeth, right? Mm -hmm. The Voting Rights Act, uh, the Civil Rights Act, uh, are, are not being enforced the way that they were intended to be enforced when they were passed. And, you know, I guess kudos to the Republicans for figuring out a way to stack the courts uh, in order to block that, but but that's part that's got to be part of the strategy Absolutely. going forward is to say these laws mean something. They have to mean something if you're going to make the change that they were supposed to 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 make. And the courts should not be standing uh, in the way of that. Absolutely. I mean, legislative
1: intent is important. Uh, Fifty five years ago, we fought really hard to get that act passed, yeah. and people around the country don't probably know that it got reduced its value
0: got reduced through the courts absolutely uh frank again thanks very much for the call and the question let's go to aaron in detroit aaron welcome to detroit today good morning hey aaron hey uh congratulations uh rashida i
2: just wanted to say uh uh i don't know a whole lot about you but uh, a good friend of mine who is also a very intelligent and aggressive or assertive woman in uh the life of politics uh Recommended you and so I started watching right before the elections, but what I wanted to ask you is the long struggle you've had to this point and everything that you've encountered in your personal interaction with the system and also what you've witnessed over these last uh, several years, uh, especially since the uh, Donald Trump uh uh, rising up and the, the denying of Obama's right to choose a justice and everything that we've seen in the disparities of of uh, 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 manipulation of the Constitution and just disregarding it, do you still have the same amount of faith in the system that you may have had when you started out? Do you really believe that there's uh, uh, capacity for change uh,
0: Wow. Uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron, that's a great, that's a really great question. Yes,
1: Uh, uh, I wouldn't be running if I wasn't hopeful, but that's why I'm going to go and help get Elhan Omar elected. I got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as a partner. We got to get people like us that look like us, feel like us, elected. Over half of my colleagues in Congress right now are millionaires that do not... I mean, this is a fact they do not understand, again, what the real struggles are with, you know, American families across the country. I am very hopeful uh, that optimism is going to be done through my work ethic and my determination to make sure you have a voice there.
0: Yeah. Uh, But that question about faith in the system, I mean, I think uh, it's not just... Appropriate to ask you that. I mean, I think a lot of people have shaken faith in the idea that things can change, that things don't have to be the way uh, that they have been. Um, what would you say, what do you say to people who are sitting and, and waiting for things to actually uh, get better and seeing this sort of manipulation and the, the kind of corner cutting that goes on that that keeps people from opportunity and uh, economic advantage and things like that.
1: Look, my campaign was like people driven, it was so focused. We got to do this in partnership. I can't have people not believe that things can change because it's just gonna help them continue to win. We have to have faith that uh, our participation makes a difference. Look at Look at even this congressional race Absolutely. A lot of respect for my opponents. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, you know, many of them have been in office for years longer than me. uh, And I can tell you, we we had differences in how we approached it. Right. And I think the 13th Congressional District is, is pretty loud and clear that look. We want somebody that is going to be uh, unwavering, but also very courageous, very much a fighter. You know, I had people say, keep saying fighter, fighter. I say, yeah, people don't want someone that's just going to say, oh, I can't do that or I can't have a committee hearing on this. Mm-hmm. They want somebody that's going to come back home. And I've done this. Started We Have a Right to Breathe campaign, <laughs> block Maddie Maroon's trucks, you know, all of those things that elevate the voices of the people. But guess what? I didn't get, I didn't block those trucks on my own. I had people in my community that stand. Arm to arm, literally hitting the ground and floor while these forty, you know, long or semi truck, forty feet long semi trucks yeah. coming towards us. It can happen. I've seen it in our histor- history, right here in the United States. They were these glimpsed moments of, of of history that I think we all need to be reminded of. That did change uh, the landscape. But then, you know, I think we fell asleep a little bit, uh, uh and now we I think we've been awakened, and I do believe that we need to be within the system to change it. And uh, I don't wanna be on the sideline outside of the ring. I think me being inside the ring is gonna be the first step towards that.
0: Yeah. Well, we have a lot of callers and folks on Twitter wishing you congratulations and hoping for the best when you get to Washington. And I wanna extend the same uh, sentiments, absolutely. It's very exciting that uh, this happened on Tuesday. Rashida Tlaib, uh, former state rep, now on track to go Phil, John Conyers, seat in Congress. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. I'm sure we will have you back soon. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you will be back tomorrow. I will. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.